What's up, y'all? We are here with another episode of Setting Sail, Go the Mission, Reborn. <laughs> You're here with the Buff Missionary. And uh, on this particular episode, I want to talk a little bit about Student Missions Vespers that uh, I just attended a couple weeks ago. And I got there for the tail end for sure. I, I missed uh, most of it. But we ended up looking at this particular passage in Matthew 25 that really stood out to me for a number of different reasons. And it's entitled, at least here in my Bible here, uh, The Son of Man Will Judge the Nations. It starts in verse 31. I'm going to read through the verses real quick, just as uh, the pastor asked us to do in the Vespers, and then we'll talk about it for a second. So it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered from before Him, and he will separate them one from the other as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, it's an interesting passage, but I'm feeling like the, the title for this episode might be The Keys to the Kingdom. Now, it's been an interesting semester here up at Andrews University, been studying a lot, uh, learning a lot in my classes, and if there's one thing that I've kind of noticed, and I might go into a little bit more detail on this point in another episode, there's, there's like a dichotomy from what we believe as Christians and what we do, okay? There's, there's, there are things that we say that don't always match up with exactly how we live out the things that we say we're supposed to be living out. There, there's a little bit of a dichotomy there. Now, the reason I bring that up in this regard is I think there's a dichotomy again in what we think helps us to get to heaven. We look at the keys of the kingdom as if it's, uh, let me make sure I'm keeping the commandments. Let me make sure that I'm, I'm doing all these things right. If, if I limit the amount of sin that I do, and if I can get to a place where I'm reaching perfection, then that's what qualifies me to get into heaven, right? We've had thoughts like this before, I'm sure. I know I have. 
but it's a little bit different from what we're reading here because not only does Jesus make no mention really of commandments and, and all these types of things, he's also directing the narrative in a direction that apparently is foreign to certain people. See, uh, Jesus is, is talking with his followers. He's talking with people that he knows. And in, in this whole thing, it's like, well, yeah, we hear what you're saying and, and we know that we know what the Messiah is supposed to be and we know the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew teachings. We, we were born with that. We, we get all of that. But because of what religious culture was at the time, there was this, let me get caught up and make sure that I'm doing these things to look this way because that's what it means to be a true religious person. That's what it really means to follow God. And that actually wasn't what it was. Jesus was changing the narrative and he was shifting it to something completely opposite to what everyone thought it was supposed to be. That's why he's telling the story. But I find it very telling what it is that he says results in this separating of the sheep and, and the goats. And <laughs> I realize even when saying this, uh, I'm definitely going to have to visit this entire topic again and go into more detail. I just wrote a paper. I got it up here on the screen right now. Uh, the Real Blessing, The Theology of Mission. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But what we see here in this parable, it's not to say that doing the right things and, and trying to be a good person are not important. That's not what it's saying, all right? So don't get me wrong there. But what it is saying is that our focus tends to be in the wrong place when it comes to religious things, spiritual things, and what it really means to be like Jesus. And this is another episode coming soon, uh, or series of episodes, I should say, where I'm going to be going through the book Steps to Christ and, and talking about some of those differences that we're able to see from uh, the life of Christ and kind of what goes on in the world today as far as Christians are concerned. But look at this. This whole thing that leads up to this separating of the sheep and the goats before Jesus is, is inviting people into his kingdom is about whether they did something to the least of these. And we were asked the question like, what does this tell us about God's sense of mission? And for me, there's at least one thing that stands out that we're talking about doing things to the least of these and that that's where Jesus is. But why? why? Why is that such an idea that stands out? Well, when you think about it, Jesus came to save everyone, right? Not just, you think about the Pharisees, and I hate to rag on them, but they kind of believed that Jesus was more of an elite, or the Messiah was supposed to be more of an elite kind of person. He was going to come and, and restore the nation to its former glory, and uh, as a military power, they're going to overthrow and be sitting at the top of all the nations on the earth. That's, that's kind of what they were looking for. But at the same time, while they expected and anticipated the Messiah to be doing these things, look at how they treated the outcasts of society. Even though these people were still part of the Jewish nation, they really didn't care about them at the same time while they're, while they're hoping and, and praying and wishing for a Messiah to make that Jewish nation the most powerful on earth. What would have happened if 
the Pharisees got a Messiah the way that they wanted, would it have changed their view of the people that they already looked down on? Or would they have looked even further down on them? I don't, I don't know if that makes sense or if it's possible, but it's interesting, right? So Jesus is doing something that's completely opposite because he's saying these people that get no credit for existence, these people that are the outcasts of society, these people that are the rejects, the ones that are not good enough to get into your schools, the ones who no one wants to mess with because they're unclean, the ones who, uh, and granted as well, it was, it was common belief during the time that if you had any kind of physical defect or imperfection in any way, shape or form, that it was a curse. So any of those people were out, if you were poor, well, that's the hand of God against you. You must have done something wrong. That's why you don't have any money right now. Man, what a tough time to live in. I'm not talking about back then. I'm talking about now because we do the same thing. But think about it. These outcast people are the ones that Jesus is saying, if you did something good for them, you did it to me. And if you didn't do it to them, you didn't do it to me. And in this small action, seemingly small action right here, is where the key to the kingdom is. It's in service. Now, why is, again, why is that so important? It's because when we can look at someone who doesn't have the things that we do, there, there's so many different things that go into this. One, if we realize the position of privilege that we have, we don't have to have a lot, but if we realize the position of privilege that we have, then there is something that we can offer to that person. And you know what? It doesn't always have to be food or clothes or money. Um, Peter and John went to pray and they met a lame man on the way, right? <laughs> they didn't have silver or gold to give him, but they gave him something more, something better. They gave him hope. That's really what the gospel is all about. And it's hope on the other side as well, because when I look at someone else who doesn't have what I have and I feel like they're worth investing in, what I'm really showing them is because of the value I see God has placed on me, I'm also acknowledging and recognizing and appreciating the value that he's placed on someone else. That makes us equals. So now it changes from this idea of me being a Christian and having God on my side so I'm up here, mm, no. Yeah, I, I may feel as if I, I have something because I have Jesus and I do, but what it is is not something that sets me apart or above anybody else, but it's something that helps me to see the true value of everybody else. That's what it means to serve. That's what it means to obtain the true keys of the kingdom. And that's why it's such a slap in the face when people come up to Jesus thinking that they've done all the things that he asked for and wonder why they're not getting into heaven because they never looked to serve anyone. I mean, get this. The, the parable itself, th these people that Jesus is mentioning here, it's, <laughs> it's, it's putting it in a way where these people that are classified as goats, right? The ones on the left. They're coming across as totally ignorant that there are people out there that are naked, in prison, hungry, thirsty. I mean, what does it say here? 
He says, I was, I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick in prison and you did not visit me. And they will answer him saying, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry? <laughs> when did we see you thirsty? When did we see a stranger? When did we see you naked? When did we see you sick? When did we see you in prison and did not minister to you? It, it's almost like they're completely oblivious to the fact that these people exist. And, well, they might be looking at people who they feel as though they're on their same level and, oh, well, you need a meal? Yeah, I got you. Oh, you need a drink? Sure, I got you. But they're missing people who this is characteristic of their life experience. And, you know, maybe it's even worse than looking lower on someone because they don't even exist. I, I'm not sure which one is worse. But I can't lie. I am probably going to say this a bunch of times too in, in coming episodes. I've really come to believe that service is the key. Like service is the hallmark of what it means to be a Christian. It's not living up to a certain standard of rules or making sure to do this to that level and uh, going to church at 1130 or 10 o'clock or 9 a.m. every Sabbath like it's it's not it's not just about that that stuff matters but it's about more than that it's about service what are we doing for the people that everyone else in the world looks down on the pastor the speaker he brought up an interesting point he said um, even in his own church experience, he realized that when we go out of our comfort zone, it may not actually be out of our comfort zone. Huh? What are you talking about? Well, he went on to explain that in his church, they would go and they'd, they'd be packing boxes and food and different clothing and whatever for homeless people. And they'd go out and do their homeless ministry. And man, it felt good to go into give those boxes where there was a need, right? Fulfilling exactly what this is talking about. But what happened when one of those people said, hey, um, I'm trying to get my life back on track and I, I, I'm trying to get into a job interview early next week. I don't have a suit or anything like that. Can you help me? And he said his response often and kind of the vibe that he, he felt himself getting caught into was, well, you know, uh, we got to, get back to the church, you know, we got evening programs and other things. And he had to catch himself in that moment, realizing like, shoot, man, um, maybe I'm not as much out of my comfort zone as I thought. And it makes sense because you might be going out into the homeless areas with boxes that you packed, um, boxes where the contents are what you've had control over. That's not out of your comfort zone. <laughs> it's really not. And then you almost have to ask the question, is it, is it really service? Or are you really doing something to benefit the people or not? If they're asking you a question like that and you have no answer for them. It's interesting. There's a lot of conversation that can happen on that. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. All I'm saying is that based on what I see here in the text and based on what I've seen as I study the Bible and based on the things that I've been learning from my classes, Service is the key. When I look to Jesus, service is the key. 
Look at the way that he treated all of these same people that were mentioned here, those in prison, those who were hungry, those who were naked, those who were thirsty. He gave someone something to drink. He gave people clothing. He visited people in prison. He, he gave people food who were hungry. All of these people that were in need of something. And of course, you, if you know the stories, it's not just that he gave them to them and, and that was it. He, he gave that to them to open the door to really share with them the good news of who he was and the fact that there's a God, my father, who looks at all of us on the same level and he wants you to realize that you're on that level too. Why? Because then it motivates you to go out to people who are in the same position that you were once in and to bring them into the fold so they can be sheep too. I'm not talking about dumb sheep, okay? <laughs> I've heard pastors preach on that all the time. I'm talking about the story. I'm talking about the sheep that go into the kingdom, okay? <laughs> but you know what? It's something to think about. Just something to think about. And my encouragement to you from this is that you ask yourself, what does it really mean in regard to service to go out of your comfort zone? What would it really look like for you to say, I'm in a position where I'm not in control, but I'm going to trust that God can be in control to use me and my experience for the benefit of somebody else who I may have formerly looked down on? What would it take for you to do that? What would it take for you to engage in that kind of service and in that kind of mission? Because I can tell you that is what the world needs right now. It needs you. It needs me to do this. So hey, once again, this is the Buff Missionary. We out here. And I'm going to catch you in the next one. Go ahead, like, subscribe, share this with somebody. I would appreciate it. And the more you share, obviously, the more people get exposed to it. So I thank you in advance for that. And as always, I'd like you to remember that to exist, it's not enough. We out here to be like this out here. So until next time, let it do what it do, baby.